This episode is powered by Safety FM. The Crucial Talks Podcast with your host, Mike Saddam. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Saddam, the host of the Crucial Talks Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're new to the show, thanks for giving it a try. And if everybody out there could do me a quick favor, I'd really appreciate it. If you could please rate the podcast and subscribe to it, that would help us tremendously. Also, if any of your friends want to know more about what drives people in their decision-making, please send them our way. And if you have any questions for me, you can always feel free to reach out to me by visiting www.crucialtalks.com or connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Now, most of you that have been listening for a while know that the Crucial Talks podcast is all about understanding what drives people, and that includes ourselves. So today, we have a special guest, Ani Anderson. Now, this is pretty cool because she gets to talk to us about ourselves and human performance because she is the CEO of New Health, Inc. Her company is focused on personal and professional development. Now, this company provides clients groups, and corporations with training on things that we've talked about on this podcast before, things like self-leadership, motivation, stress resilience, and something that they call sensation-based mindset methods. I don't know what that is. We haven't talked about it on the podcast before, but I'm sure we'll cover it. While getting to know Ani and seeing what her company does, there is this cool thing they do to help people focus on what is unique to them as an individual. And they do this by helping people uncover their one word. And their one word helps them plan a course for their life. And she's also written a book that outlines this process. It's called Find Your Soul's Agenda, the one word that will make your whole life a success. Now, there's going to be a link to the book in the show notes, and it'll take you right to Amazon so you can get a a copy of it. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Ani Anderson to the Crucial Talks podcast. How are you today, Ani? Mike, I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Well, I think this is pretty cool because we talk a lot about self-transformation, how people behave. So your outlook, I think, is going to be really super interesting. But before we get started and before we start talking about the one word and the process you use to help people uncover what their one word is, can you tell us a little about you and your self-transforming journey that really allowed you to get to where you are today, where you're helping people really clarify the purpose of their lives. We'd love to hear how you got to this place. Yeah, sure. So I went to college for occupational therapy and I started in the Western medical system. I very quickly became bored um, and needed to take some continuing education and didn't like the regular things that I saw coming my way. So I found, I actually didn't know at the time I had found energy medicine, but what I found was energy medicine. That was interesting. And I started to use it in my practice and wow, my patients were getting tremendous results. So really turned me on to what has become a 20-year study of energy medicine. So I, uh, I left the system. I started working for myself, which was awesome because then I could do what I wanted to do with my clients. And I worked as a private practitioner with folks mainly dealing with physical pain, emotional stuff, also uh, families, so children dealing with ADHD, autism, those kinds of things. And I did that for, I guess, about 
10 years before um, my own life fell apart. And so that was an, an unbelievably humbling experience, Mike. I mean, I, I say that and it's just <laughs> unbelievably humbling experience because I was the healer, you know? Um, and so, and I was pretty good at what I did. I got awesome results and was well-respected in my community. But my own life fell apart. I got divorced um, after combining my business with another practitioner in town. Uh, it was like I, I didn't know who I was anymore, and I had to find my purpose, and I needed to find healing, and I needed to find a therapist who could help me and all these things. And so I had a, a lot of talented friends, uh, healers, therapists, you name it, who did all kinds of cool stuff, and no one could really help me to get my life back on track. Um, so I started to, to, to take purpose courses and I started to really get into personal development. I had already been into therapeutics for a long time, but this is when I really started to get into personal development. This was about eight years ago now. And uh, what I found was that there was a gap in what I was learning and what I already knew uh, between finding your purpose um, and, um, how do I want to say this, between the achievement-oriented purpose work I was finding and the healing work that I already knew. There was a, a gap there, whereas in the personal development industry, it seemed to me that people were constantly looking so far forward, they weren't looking back um, into their lives. And so I started to kind of put these two puzzle pieces together for myself slowly and painfully. <laughs> and what I found is the work that... Um, that I do today and that my company does today in order to help people transform their lives in a very holistic way. So, you know, we do coaching and consulting, but we do it with a very therapeutic or healing, um, not focus, but uh, background, background. That's what I want to say. So that we're really looking always towards holism and how we can help a person become whole um, in every aspect of their lives. Well, and how important do you think this this notion of holism is because, you know, I think it, I really find it interesting that you came from occupational therapy, that you kind of went down this path, but you had this almost a, almost a tactical background on how to, how to help people going through occupational therapy. But then you found this, this other part, this other piece of the puzzle. And I love what you're saying about holism because it kind of sounds like that there's there was more to it that you added, and based on your experience, you you were able to find that it was it was a beneficial way and a way to motivate people to to change to work toward self transformation. Yeah. How big is that concept of of holism? Yeah, for me, it's everything. For me, it's my whole life is really educating people about this. Because in my travels throughout my 20-year career, I have helped people with a lot of different things. Um, you know, in the first half of my career, it was really helping people who were either injured or having difficulties in some kind of aspect of their lives get from where they were back to basically baseline. So to okay. Whereas the second part of my career really started to look at how people go from where they are to a fuller potential. And so what I have realized as I really started to look at these two different paradigms, really, 
um, was that there were people in both paradigms saying that they weren't fulfilled. And that really fascinated me because we can have, we can have people who are dying of diseases who actually find fulfillment in their lives. We can have people who are billionaires who don't have fulfillment in their lives. Like, where is the reconciliation here for what it takes to really be a person who has fulfillment, has motivation, loves their life, is joyful, like all of those things. And the the conclusions that I've come to with my work over the years is really about embracing both the personal development paradigm, which really looks forward and helps someone get from where they are to where they want to be, and the healing paradigm also that helps somebody look back and look at where the missing pieces are and integrating those things. I find that with my clients um, and in my experience, when a person integrates the missing pieces of the past in a, a way that they want to actually go forward, reach goals, achieve things, and fulfill their, their highest potential, when they can do both of those things at once, the, wow, the, the uh, openings for them and the achievement and success is profound. It, it's both... Um, it's like a tree. It's like their successes reach up towards the sky in expansiveness, but they also grow into the ground and the roots and the depth, both. It's really cool. Well, and I love what you're saying because here on the Crucial Talks podcast, we talk a lot about systems thinking and how even in the realm of things like safety, where mm -hmm. you know compliance and policies and processes kind of got us to the middle of the road and got us pretty far for having like safe organizations and things like that. But now we're we're talking more about a systems systems approach to behavior in organizations mm -hmm. and having this kind of a similar thing where there's this holistic view of organizations. But one of the things I focus on is the fact that many times organizations aren't looking at people as human beings. They're looking at them, they're looking at them like parts of a machine, and that kind of that's kind of like what you're saying with that that one yeah. paradigm where we're looking at like somebody who got hurt at work or whatever, and we get them to baseline, right? We get them yeah. to halfway there. We get them to the middle of the bell curve. But what I love about what you're saying is this other side, this other paradigm is kind of what we're saying when we're talking about focusing on people, because now you're talking about ways to get them beyond the baseline, beyond yes. the average to the right half of that, that bell curve. Yep. And I think that's, that's really interesting how, you, how you're talking about that. So when we're talking about trying to get people to transform, right, we're talking about success, how do you help them? I mean, what's the first step in that? What do you do to help them kind of understand this journey they're going to go on? Well, actually, to be perfectly honest, the first step a lot of times is this process that I've written about in my book called Find Your Soul's Agenda. And it's one that we've done with individuals, with entrepreneurs, with couples, with uh, organizational leaders and people in organizations, because the, um, the purpose work that is involved in the Find Your Soul Agenda process embraces both of these paradigms that I was talking about, the healing paradigm and the personal development paradigm, without being too woo-woo, you know, wackadoo. It's, uh, it's 
it's energy medicine, but it's incredibly practical. And so when we help somebody to, to step on the path of the, with the Find Your Soul's agenda process, what we're helping somebody do really is to look at look ahead at how they can make really soulful, fulfill, fulfilling decisions in their lives um, in, in everything, whether it's big decisions or small decisions. They have a compass for decision-making, but also they know where they're probably going to, um, I'm going to say fall off the horse most often. It's this place where we're going to come up against our own inner resistance. We're probably going to want to turn around and run away, or we're going to you know, fight or, or flight or freeze, uh, where those kinds of things are going to come up for us where life will inherently be hard. We actually put language around that too, so that as people are growing, you know, a lot of times when people are growing, they just expect that once they hit a little bit of traction, it's going to be butterflies and roses all the time. And that's, that's not the case. When we help people to identify where they're probably going to struggle most often, they're able to step in deeper and higher into their growth consistently over and over again, because it becomes a part of who they are, that their life has this um, real balance of challenge and support. There's always going to be challenge, but there's always support there too. Well, so there's going to be challenges and support and this notion of support, right? Are we talking about the role of other people in their lives mm-hmm. or their thought processes or a combination of the two? What are we talking about when we're talking about, because I think everybody understands challenges, but yep. what are we talking about when we're talking about that support side of this? Yeah, that's a really great question. So sometimes the support is in terms of other people or the material aspects of life. But one of the supports that people don't rely on most of the time, most people do not rely on, is the support of uh, what we call natural laws. It's like the way the world works. Most people don't understand natural laws. They don't understand how the world works. And they, so they can't lean on those laws for support. It's like gravity. If you understand, if you didn't know about gravity, then you might walk off a cliff and wonder what happened, you know? Well, you wouldn't be wondering anymore. You'd be going splat. But anyway. You'd know pretty quick. You'd know pretty quick. Um, (laughs) Yeah. If you didn't know about gravity, you can imagine how unsafe that would feel to go outside or to, you know, walk downstairs or whatever. It would feel very unsafe. But we all know about gravity. We know how it works. And so because we do, we can really lean on the support of that law. Um, we, we understand it. There's so much about how the world works through the laws of the universe or nature that most people don't understand. And so they can't lean on that for support. And when I talk about support, I am talking, yes, about other people. I am talking about the physical world, you know, your house, your money, whatever, but also a big support is the laws of the universe, those natural laws. And you know, earlier, and I just want to hit this real quick because I was, I was, you just made me think about this, but earlier you talked about that this first step a lot of times is trying to find your soul's agenda and you have this process to do it and you're helping people look ahead and you're helping people trying to, to focus on what, what can be. And I really loved that because one of the one of the tenets, one of the baselines, one of the foundations of the podcast is appreciative inquiry, which is mm-hmm. a kind of a systems way of looking at the lifeblood of an organization, looking at what can be, 
looking at positives instead of negatives and trying to find strengths and using creativity and innovation within organizations. And it sounds very similar to that, that this, it's almost a constructionist principle of being able to, to see yourself further down that road on what will be fulfilling and what will be successful. Is that what you, what you help people do when you're kind of walking them through the find your soul's agenda process? Yeah, kind of. It's actually interesting that you brought that up because one of the things that we've found in our organization is that things, the systems like appreciative inquiry are so powerful and there are places when people can get hung up on it. And the places when people can get hung up on it is when they're trying to force themselves to be positive rather than really be real about where they are or what they're feeling. And so um, so the answer is yes and no, because yes, we are always focusing and looking towards the positive. And whenever there's something that appears negative that shows up or appears like, and negative shows up in all kinds of ways, right? Like non-innovative or like it's too slow or um, it's it looks like it's going in the wrong direction. Like there's all kinds of ways that that, that shows up for us. Um, then what we do is we actually pay very close attention to what that is and we allow the person to express it completely. When we allow the person to express what's really going on for them completely, then what we find is not just can they turn around and focus again on the positive or where they want to go again, but it's actually like a catapult to help them to springboard or catapult to their next level of growth because the, the positivity, the gratitude, the um, inherent um, health in their, their new perspective, again, is integrated because they've taken those pieces that weren't completely integrated and integrated them by by really being honest with themselves about how they actually feel. Yeah, I love what you said there, because I think that is that is sometimes what people say about appreciative inquiry is they have this, this kind of false notion that it's just, you know, Pollyanna, kind of everything is great, that that's the way you're supposed to do it, but that's not that's not how it's actually supposed to happen. So I love what you're saying here, because you're you're actually saying that, yes, you have to have that positive outlook, and you've got you've to look down the road on where you want to go, yeah, but it also sounds like you're telling us we have to be self-aware that we yes. have to recognize what is negative. But what I also love what you said is you said a new perspective is integrated, and that I think is huge because I said this before, where you could have two people standing right next to each other, see the exact same thing, yeah. and experience it 180 degrees different. Some people look at it and be able to pull the positives out, and some people will think the world is ending. So where do they, when your clients come to you or when you're helping somebody, how hard is it to get them (laughs) to kind of get this new perspective, put on this new lens that you're trying to give them, right? You're trying to give them this gift of a new lens, but sometimes it's hard for people to put that lens on. How do you get them there? It can be unbelievably hard to get somebody to put on a new lens. And I'm laughing because it's one of my, my favorite moments in my uh, you know daily weekly whatever month working with clients is one of my favorite moments with them and I I could describe what it looks like when they first it's like people will will allow if they're willing to allow 
if people are willing to allow, they'll entertain the possibility that there might be a new perspective. They'll listen to you talk about it. They'll think about what it might be like. They might even see a little bit of evidence in their life that it could be like that. And they'll start to work on it. And then there comes this moment, Mike, where I have somebody in front of me and it's like looking at a clean slate. Like they realize that um, the way that they've seen the world isn't like it has to be. And they're not exactly sure exactly what they want next. (laughs) So there's this like confusion switch that goes off with people. But that moment is so powerful because that's the moment that I know that they're ready to change the, we call it the filter. They're ready to change the filter. And the reason we call it a filter is because it's like kind of like this, uh, you know, if you had a flashlight and you had a, uh, a blue uh, gel uh, in front of the flashlight, then you would see a blue light. If you had a red gel in front of it, you would see a red light or an orange gel would see an orange light. So it really depends on our filter, how we see the world. When we can change our filter, all of a sudden, the, you know, the color's different. The way that we see the world changes. It, it usually, it's been my experience that it takes a little bit of time Um, And I would say no less than about three months, really, for somebody to actually shift the filter in a way that they're not going back. People have breakthroughs and breakthroughs happen quickly, but transformation takes time. And I think that's important to say because we live in a world of immediate results. Breakthroughs are immediate. Transformations take time and it's worth it. Because when you change that filter for real, you don't go back. Life is never the same after that. Well, and it sounds like what that means is through this process, what you said, it takes like, well, I mean, obviously everybody's different, but you're seeing about, you know, three months or so, something like that, right? Where it becomes ingrained in them. It becomes something they, that becomes part of them. And I find this really interesting because I've talked to other people about this. And even, I think I brought him up um, in a couple episodes, actually, because it's kind of funny that this um, guest I had on, Mark Gober, he wrote this book called An End to Upside Down Thinking. And it's funny that you talk about filter because he talks about the brain as a filter for for consciousness and mm-hmm. that it, it really is taking in information. I mean, he has a different way of thinking about it, but I just, I, I see constantly the same, <laughs> even though you, your books are totally different and they're based <laughs> on totally different things, I'm constantly seeing these different key points coming out about filters and lenses and perception mm-hmm. and how it needs to become ingrained and how it needs to become part of what you do because even what you said the transformation takes time I had a guest on really early in the podcast that actually said people are so used to microwaving success like they just want that kind of quick you know (laughs) Facebook post getting 500 likes that sort of thing but the you know not only does perception come out and lenses come out and filters come out but the fact that this kind of stuff we truly want to self-transform it does take time. So how do you, how do you keep people moving forward down this trail, right? I mean, it's, I mean, three months just to kind of understand some of these basic concepts. How do you keep them motivated? How do you keep them working toward finding their purpose or finding their soul's agenda? How, how do you get them to continue going down that path with you? Yeah, so I'll actually, 
I'll, I'll answer that in two different parts because you used the word motivated. And I think that that is the second part of the equation. So one of the ways that we help people to stay on track is the soul agenda process has two sides. So when you identify your word, you identify your word and the description of how you love to feel in life, but you also describe how you do not like to feel in life most often. It's like two sides of a coin. And because we live in a world of duality, we are always experiencing two sides of a coin. Actually, the um, the human mind doesn't always perceive both sides. Sometimes the human mind gets what we call polarized, which is like focused on one side. It can't see the other side, but we, we are actually always experiencing life on that two sides of a coin. So anyway, we help people to identify their soul's agenda in both sides because when a person is um, progressing in their life towards their goals, towards what they would love to achieve and they come up against resistance. Oftentimes people will doubt themselves, they'll get confused, they'll stop, um, they'll get off track. Like there's so many different things that can happen at that point. But when we describe a person's purpose in both the way they love to feel and the way that they don't love to feel most often, it actually helps people to stay on track because even when things get difficult, they're able to say to themselves, I'm still on purpose rather than thinking that their purpose is only to feel positive, feel good, and get it right all the time. That's not it, according to, you know, what we're talking about here for us. You know, we believe that your purpose is to evolve, and that includes both sides. It includes, you know, getting it right and feeling like a success, and also feeling like a failure you're not getting it right and having a hard day. So we, de we define those things. That helps people stay on track so much to know they're always on purpose, even when it looks like it's not working out. And because we have those words around it, that language around it. So that's one thing. Motivated is a different story. Um, I, it's been my experience that motivation, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll speak for myself and working with my clients, um, but also really for me as I've experienced life. For me, I am very motivated when I know more about who I am and I start to see little snippets of results. And so, you know, I just said kind of two different things there. The more that I know about who I am, the more confident I become that I can do it. And when I'm confident that I can do it and I step forward and I take a step forward and I have a little bitty result and I can allow myself to see that I've done that and I can allow myself to really like stop for a moment and celebrate the fact that I, I did that little thing. That's what helps to keep me motivated to, to continue to move forward, even in the face of knowing that when we're working towards our dreams, it's going to be tough sometimes. So I think that self, bringing that back to that self-awareness that you were talking about before too, I think that is highly motivating for people when they start to see who they really are and then, you know, what, what they're capable of. Yeah, and I definitely see a lot of things in what you're saying in things that we have talked about on the podcast, even going so far as to talking about social identity and in-group versus out-group behavior, because you're talking about a person and you're talking about helping them find and identify their one word to help them with this, this process of, of moving towards success, but understanding that 
there will be hard times and in social identity and in-group and out-group behavior and how to bring in-groups up groups closer together, we talk about superordinate goals and how a superordinate goal can actually transcend those in-group, out-group relationships where they may have been in conflict. Mm-hmm. Then they start being able to work together. And it sounds like through your process, through the, finding the one word or identifying the one word, that's what you're kind of doing with people. And that that one word, that purpose, that being able to see, you know, why you exist or, or what you want for yourself allows you to continue to work toward that, even though you know you're going to have challenges, even though you're going to face difficulties in your journey. Yeah, that's totally right. And I think that it's interesting how you're describing that because if I'm understanding you correctly, you know, my mind's going to how there are these different aspects of ourselves, of ourselves, as if as if we were an organization that <laughs> we don't like so much. And we want to put those certain aspects of ourselves in a box and, and wish we could forget about them, but they keep creeping back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, definitely, because, you know, what I tell people is like one person is not really one person. Like we are made up of multiple roles and identities that we play. And whatever role is important to us at the time is how we're going to see the situation we're presented with and how we're going to make a decision. And that's why I think a lot of people that, you know, might have problems at home or whatever, because they're bringing that role of boss into the household and they may not be playing the role of, of parent mm-hmm. or spouse. And <laughs> yep. that's, that kind of, that, that is really in effect looking at a person as a system of different beliefs, depending upon the role they play. Yeah. And it almost sounds like what you're helping people do is by, by finding this one word, you're able to help them, <laughs> help them guide which role they're going to play, right? It toward looks- that common goal or told, that purpose kind of it's the it's the person underneath all the roles and it comes down to one word who you are one word underneath all of those roles is a common denominator and it's you or it's me you know it's it's us is the person and when we can get there it makes life really simple. You know, a lot of people I talk to say, my God, my life is complex. It's busier than ever. I've got so much to do, feeling overwhelmed, stressed, whatever. And like, it really, it, it, we really can simplify life. We really can feel more simplistic. And that might sound boring, but it's not. It actually opens up, that's the paradox, I guess. It opens up so much of life when we can get really down to like who I am, that one word that really describes me and really makes my life make sense. Well, I think there's people out there like me that are trying to wrap their head around the one word. And do you have any, obviously no names or anything like that, but Uh do you have one or two examples of, because everybody's word is different, right? I mean, but do you have one or two examples of maybe clients in the past or or somebody, what are some examples of these one words that people have actually used and then those words have become helpful in their in their lives. Yeah, sure. I would love to love to tell you about that. Um so there are other processes where 
people determine, you know, the one word. This one is developed on memory recapitulation. So it's not one that you're just coming up with. I think that's important to say. It's based on past memories. And so as people look at their past memories and they start to look at the themes, they come up with these words. That, that's where the word comes from. So we've had all kinds of fun words. Actually, I just had a great one the other day. Uh, laughter was a new one. I hadn't had that before. Empowerment, love, um, appreciation, value, confidence, alive, vitality. Those are adventure. Those are a number of examples of one, one word that people have come up with. And then the, the next part of the process after we figure out what their word is, is to describe or define that word. And even though I've had, I would say, maybe five or six people choose the word adventure, I've never had the same definition twice. Even though I've had probably 10 or 20 people use the word love, I've never had the same definition twice. Everybody defines the word for themselves in what that word means to them. And that's always unique. I think that's really cool. It does sound pretty cool. And, you know, one of the things I've constantly told people is the power of communication and the fact that people are the only creature on the entire planet that can construct reality with each other through story. Mm. And it almost sounds like this, you know, telling ourselves our own narrative using that one word is kind of like the core is seems like that would be a, a pretty powerful and pretty important thing that, that people would do once they mm. have this one word, once they define it to, to make sure they're telling themselves the right story, the right narrative to spur action. Yes. And I've seen this over and over again, and it can really be related to the conversation we were having about the filter for sure. Um, but you're reminding me of the book by Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. He talks about this concept in uh, other books as well. But have you read that book? I haven't actually. Oh my gosh. It's such a great book. It's called uh, The Four Agreements. And the subtitle is something like The Guide to Personal Freedom. Anyway, he comes from a healing tradition. He's a shaman and he comes from a healing tradition and he talks about how uh, we're all living in this dream and how important it is to be the artist of our story, of our own lives and tell the, the story or the narrative of our lives um, in, in a way that is loving in a way that we love or would love to experience life. And uh, it's one of my favorite books. So that's when you said that it reminded me of that. Um, we are the artists of our own lives. And yeah, this process can be a really powerful way to learn how to be the artist who's creating art that you love to look at <laughs> uh, rather than a mess, um, you know, and whether it's this process or it's, it's another, another process, I just, I would highly encourage people if this conversation or this concept is appealing to go find whatever it is that works for you so that you can be the artist who's creating beautiful artwork in your own life and creating that movie or that story of life that is a book that you would actually love to read and be the, uh, you know, the, the lead character of. Well, and that's, I love what you're, what you're talking about because we do write our own stories and those stories we tell ourselves, we start to, to live up to those things and whether we, and we could do it either way, negative or positive. And unfortunately in the world today, 
The negative stories tend to be the ones we tell ourselves a lot, the ones we tell other people a lot, the ones we hear on the news. I mean, the negative stories tend to be what we hear. And the other side of that is the fact that stories, good stories, good books, good movies, they have a a hero's journey in it. They have challenges, right? They have Mm -hmm. the three-act structure. So people need to realize that even though you're telling yourself a great story and you have this awesome outcome, there's going to be challenges. There always are. Good books always have them. (laughs) The best. (laughs) Yeah, they're the best, right? They're the ones we want to go see and read and all that stuff. But if the hero of that story, which is each person, sees the the bigger goal at the end, then that's where that story becomes real. And actually, we can see that in a lot of great movies and novels. It sounds like... Mm -hmm. That's kind of what you're helping people do is see that one word, see that purpose, define those those words they come up with to help them in their own hero's journey. Absolutely. And another great point that you bring up, Mike, I mean, when the hero goes to the top of the mountain and gets the treasure or the elixir or whatever it is that that they they get they go back to the village and they bring that back. And so I'd love to encourage people to think as you're thinking of, you know, your own hero's journey or, or, or just kind of, um, I love to think about life in general, just thinking about life and the way it works. Think about how every challenge that you go through isn't just for you. It's not just for you and your own personal life or the people directly around you. What if every challenge that you went through was really about getting that elixir, that treasure, and bringing it back to the world, even if that means that you're going to smile at the lady at the grocery store? Because we know the, how these ripples affect everybody. Um, I mean, there's some pretty fascinating research now scientifically about these things, um, we know that it doesn't necessarily mean that the elixir means that we go create a business around it. It could or not. You know, it could just be as simple as you're going to smile at the people at the grocery store. You're going to be kinder or more patient or more loving person out there in the world. And those ripple effects are felt for all of us. I mean, that to me, I think is um, the greater goal. I mean, thinking about organizations too, in terms of that, if you're in an organization and you're going to make your larger goal to just even consider that your kindness and your compassion is going to send ripple effects out to the whole organization, whoa, I mean, wow, that's the organization I want to be a part of. That's right. And I love what you're saying because when you bring it back, when you share what you have, it goes back to what we are as people, which is which is social. We're we're made, we're programmed to be to be in groups, and really, it just doesn't mean hanging out with each other. Yeah. What that means is it's a transcendence of self. It's actually it, it's actually bringing a gift back to share with everybody else. It's doing something that's not just for you. And I love how you kind of brought this completely full circle that as you help people find their one word and define it and gain success, it doesn't end there. That's not the end of their story. They bring it back to share with others, which is really what, you know, what life is all about. It's about sharing with other others. It's about being able to transcend our own individuality and whether that's an organization or a community or a family or two people or whatever, that really is the, what brings us to the next level. 
Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Love it. Well, now that we've talked through all of this and we finally come full circle here, we, we understand the gist of what you're talking about and how you help people. How do people get more information about you? How do they contact you? How do they find out more about finding their, their soul's agenda or defining that one word that will make them a success? Sure. Well, the easiest way is to go to the book's website, findyoursoulsagenda.com. And that's where you can, you know, find the book and find downloads and certainly find contact information for me there as well. So that's just a great hub to be able to do that. Obviously, the book's on Amazon and it's on Audible and all kinds of other stuff too. But that's a, that's a great way to find me at findyoursoulsagenda.com. Well, thank you very much for being on the Crucial Talks podcast. I'll make sure that we put the Find Your Soul's agenda on the show notes so people can just click through to go to that. And obviously, they can also click to go get your book. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was, it was great talking to you. It's, it's pretty neat. I mean, I always find these things fascinating when I, when I talk to people that are, that are doing things a little bit different. I mean, we talked about energy and natural laws and stuff like that, but it still comes back to being able to understand it in terms that we get as people and as supervisors and as leaders and as entrepreneurs and all this stuff. I really loved this conversation and how we were able to relate it to people that may not have thought before they listened to it, that listening to somebody talk about natural laws or energy would be able to still bring them back to how they can be successful and how they can make their, their businesses or their communities or their families more successful. I thought it was a great conversation. Yeah. Thanks so much, Mike. I mean, that for me is so important. I've been doing energy medicine now for 20 years. And the thing is, everything is energy. I mean, it just, it, it is. And so, yes, there are people out there who do energy and it's very woo woo. And, you know, some people think it's weird and it can be very practical. So I love having conversations like this where we help people to see that, you know, everything is energy. And when you understand more about it, you can use it to impact and influence every area of your life. Well, I think that's a great place to leave off. And Ani, I wanted to thank you again for coming on the Crucial Talks podcast. And hey, everybody out there, if you have a chance, please visit me at www.crucialtalks.com. Connect with me via email, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, whatever is easiest for you. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out. Also, if you can do me a quick favor, share the podcast, leave a review, rate it. I would greatly appreciate it. This will help other people find these great interviews, just like the one we had with Ani. Have a great week. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people. Please review, share, and subscribe to the Crucial Talks podcast. Visit CrucialTalks.com.